Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of Buy the Books. I have with me today Jennifer Perez, who is a certified profit first professional, and she helps small businesses maximize profits. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You and I have we've we've been in each other's networks for a while now, and um, I, I can't speak for you, but for for me, you are one of my go to people. I have been so excited to have you in my network because you've been a wealth of knowledge and just a great resource to have. And I love your passion for helping small businesses, which of course is my passion as well. So we have great synergy in that and we've helped each other's clients. So it's been a great relationship. So I'm really glad that we're finally doing this because we've been talking about it for a while. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) Life keeps happening. But I think that's kind of what drew me to me when we first met is because I was like, oh, my gosh, I found a bookkeeper that reminds me of me because I used to be a bookkeeper. And and it was just like we're on the same page. We have a similar personality. We're just we're like peanut butter and jelly you know we're just we go so well together so I I was super excited you have no idea when we first met and I remember our first lunch we had together it ended up going like three or four hours long but it was great if I didn't have another meeting I think it probably could have gone longer (laughs) I think so too (laughs) so I had never heard of profit first before I met you but apparently, I found out after meeting you, this is a whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's big. This is a whole movement. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So you had been encouraging me to read the book for a while. And I didn't do it until, I guess, last month when I was driving to San Antonio. I downloaded the audiobook and I finally listened to it. And I had heard you talk about the principles and the general concepts Um it didn't necessarily click all that much with me, but listening to the book, I was like, this is awesome. I think I even texted you. Like, yes, oh my you gosh, did. this is so good. Yes, on and the way like, to San Antonio. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so sum it up for people that don't have a clue what Profit First is. Just summarize. What is it? Basically, it's a behavior-based cash management system that drives profit intentionally in your business. So um, there's... I like to tell people about the formula. Um, a lot of us know, especially if you're in the accounting world, that your revenue minus your expenses equals your profit, right? Um, but we kind of take the, we're missing that human behavior factor of that. And a lot of us do what's called bank balance accounting. And so we're going to check our bank accounts to see what the balance is and making decisions on that versus reading and understanding our income statement or balance sheet, et cetera. And so with this method, we are really taking that formula. And while the numbers are the same, the math is the same, we're taking our revenue minus our profit and what's left over is expenses. So therefore, profit first. And so it's really just a method to help businesses really drive profit intentionally in their business while making sure that they, as the owner, are paid well and fairly um, and that they have a deeper awareness of their expenses while saving for taxes on top of it. So it's really, when I listened to it, I guess what really hit home for me was that he's trying to create or has created a system that works with our human psychology. 
Because he said, psychologically, we're going to spend up to the max. And so that's where he's basically, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he's basically created the envelope system using bank accounts. Yes. Right? Yes. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, the old envelope system that we've heard about where you have one envelope for your mortgage payment and one for groceries and, you know, one for vacation savings or what have you. So essentially, it's doing that with bank accounts to make sure that you have a profit because you've put everything aside to where it needs to go in its bucket or its envelope mm-hmm. and making sure that at the end of the month, you you don't have anything left to spend on that expendable stuff because when you look at your main bank account, there might just be a little bit of money in there and basically applying that psychology that you're going to spend up to what you have. And if it's not in there, you won't spend it. Right. What you're talking about is Parkinson's law. So it, it can be in not just money, but time as well. The more time or money you have, the more you're going to spend. A lot, even in our personal lives, we get a pay raise, we start mm-hmm. making more money, and all of a sudden, our lifestyle increases. Right. So it's kind of that same line. That's why if we are putting profit first, and then what's left over is what we're spending, then it's a lot easier to make sure you're sticking to that and making sure that we are having a profitable business on a permanent basis versus just the paycheck to paycheck that a lot of us do, especially when we first start a business. It is definitely a change in mindset because a lot of business owners, and he talks about this, are wired to think about the top line, the revenue, and driving that revenue, growing that business. He encourages business owners to change the way we look at our business and focus on the bottom line instead, making sure that we're actually profitable. And that's different. That's a different business strategy. When you start making sure you're profitable versus growing sales, you got you to gotta change how you spend some of your time and what you're looking at. And so that that actually helped me to shift where I focused so much of my attention. And I did start looking more at how can I actually make sure I'm in the black at the end of the month rather than how I grew that top line, how I grew my sales. Right. So it's a shift. It's a change in thinking. And it's you say that you focus on the bottom line, but ultimately, if you're focusing on the top line, you're f- focusing on the expenses, it all leads to the bottom line, right? Yes. So your price margin, your expenses, your how much you're paying people. I mean, all of these things ultimately factor with the bottom line, which is your profit. So there's a lot more, of course, advanced strategies on, you know, diving deeper into those expenses, increasing your price margin, looking at how much you need to make in revenue to support your personal lifestyle. And so there's a lot of that reverse engineering that we can do. But ultimately, that bottom line is the focus, because if we are not making profit, we have a net loss. That's not a good thing to have when you're in a business, especially if you are running a business and that's what supports your lifestyle. It's not just a side gig when you treat it like a a business and you need that to be able to pay for your your personal. I think that it is by and large, and I will include myself in this way of thinking prior to reading the book, was that Yes, I'm going to take a loss, but you have to spend money to make money. So you got to grow that that revenue. Got to make sure you're you're growing, 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 growing. Even if at the end of the day you're not in profit, you've grown your business, and we got to spend money to make money. We'll get there eventually. I think that's the mindset that 
a lot of us business owners have. And basically he takes that way of thinking and shakes it up. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> you can be profitable all along the way. Right. So and the easiest thing to do to start driving profit intentionally in your business is to open up another bank account. It could be checking savings, whatever works for you, and just start immediately moving 1% of all revenue into that account. If you do nothing else that you read from the book or learn from a profit first professional, just start literally saving that money before you do anything else with it. If you get paid $1,000, that's $10. You move that aside, you now have $990 to spend on the rest of your business, including paying yourself and paying taxes. So if you can start doing that and then start increasing that amount gradually, you are driving profit intentionally and you hopefully, if you started this when you first started your business, will never have an, a loss in your business. Right. Yes. That's the goal. Absolutely. So I will tell you, when you first told me this idea about the bank accounts and essentially, as we talked about earlier, being the envelope system. Okay. So as a bookkeeper, I was thinking, what a nightmare <laughs> to do the bookkeeping for all of these bank accounts. <laughs> I did not get it. And he talks about in the book how most bookkeepers and accountants don't get it, which is why he started the Profit First Professionals, of course, mm -hmm. so that people that went through his program and buy into the concept can help people. Um, but when I, when I listened to the book, it definitely made a lot more sense, especially when he was talking about how it all goes back to the psychology and how it even helps psychologically knowing that your taxes are already covered because you've already put into your tax bank account everything you need to cover your taxes at the end of the year or whatever expense it might be, payroll, insert any business expense here. You've put aside that money into that account it was designated for and you don't even have to worry about it. It's already there. Right. And so not only is this, there's the psychology of, well, I can't afford that because that money's not in my, my operating account, but there's the psychology of knowing it's covered. Like that sense of just serenity regarding that expense that you used to have anxiety about. No, you no longer have to. Yep. So it definitely made a lot more sense to me once, once I went through the book. And honestly, as a bookkeeper, all it is is transfers. It's yes, it's one more transaction. But if most people you can set up a bank rule and that every time that transaction comes through, if you're syncing your bank accounts with your accounting software, you just have that bank rule that, OK, anytime it's transferred from your income account to your profit account, it you already know what it's doing. So at the beginning, there might be that initial setup. But really, that's the only difference. In when it comes to bookkeeping and, and doing all of that. So there might be some out there that pay per bank account. Well, really, the only bank accounts you're truly using on a frequent basis that have those transactions is your income. And then that, of course, depends on how often you're getting it, receiving income mm -hmm. and your operating expense account, because that's what your debit cards attached to. That's where you're spending all your expenses. Right. But Obviously, you can all have more bank accounts. In fact, uh, one of my Profit First mentors said, when in doubt, open an account. <laughs> and so, you know, payroll. Sometimes people open another one just for payroll to make sure that's being taken care of. Sales tax. Have another account for sales tax. Making sure that that is, that's unfortunately not your money. That's the state's money. You want to make sure that that's taken care of. So most, their profit account, your tax account, you're really only taking a look at those every quarter. 
and and making those transactions. So there's not much with those. It's really that income and operating expense account that the bookkeeper is going to have more of that work to work on. So I was glad that I had this foundation because last month I got a new client, service industry client, and I noticed he had a lot of bank accounts. And so I asked him as soon as I saw that, I said, oh, you must be doing profit first. And he said, yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And his wife had no idea what he was talking about. She's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, you know, it's that book I've been reading. Yeah. And so um, I I felt really like I I felt a little bit proud. I was sitting up a little bit more in my chair. I was like, I knew what you were doing. (laughs) So I'm sure he was um, relieved to know that I got it because had I seen that several months ago prior to knowing you, I probably would have just looked at that as a burden, like, oh my goodness, we're going to have all this extra mm-hmm. paperwork because we save all the statements. We have to reconcile all the statements every month. So if I had seen that last year, I wouldn't have got it. I would, I would have been like, what is this guy doing? Right. So I understand now why in his book, is it Mike? Is that the yes. author? Mike Michalowicz. Okay. I'm glad you can pronounce the name because I'm not <laughs> even going to attempt. But I, I now understand why he emphasizes so much making sure you have a, a bookkeeper and a, a, a tax preparer that understand what you're trying to do and why you're doing it. Right. And when I say the different transactions, why that comes up is because you're making allocations on a consistent basis. You want to find what rhythm works for you in your business. If you... We call it the 1025 rule because on the 10th and 25th of the month, you will make these allocations based on your whatever your current allocation percentages are. There's a lot more details that we can go into that, but to say for time, it's a percentage based on how you've been doing with a goal in mind to re- reach your target of what those are. So, and I would imagine it's different for different industries, different companies, because obviously they have different types of expenses, correct? Yes and no. So there's it depends more on what their ink their real revenue is on what the suggested uh, percentages are for the allocations to become a financially healthy and profitable business. So there are some leeways. It's a guideline. And so yes, that's the target, but sometimes you might have a larger lifestyle too that we need to compensate for. So there's just a lot of different factors in that, and that's why Working with a profit first professional or coach to help you and really personalize and customize what you need for your business is a good thing to have. With this 1025 rule, you're making that twice a month, but sometimes people will have payroll like every other Friday, for example. Well, you need to make sure I like to try to stay consistent with it. So maybe because you're running payroll on Wednesday to pay on Friday, Maybe that Monday through Wednesday, you pick that day of the week. So every other Wednesday, you're making these allocations and those those transfers that you're seeing. So it's you just have to be consistent with it and stick with it. And if needed, have someone hold you accountable. That's part of what we do uh, as a coach and is hold people accountable for what they say they want to do and and really making sure that we are putting together this, implementing this system so that they are driving profit and ultimately can focus on doing what they love. So before you became a profit first coach, you were doing the system yourself, correct? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I don't like to offer things to people if I don't even know what they are, what they how to how it works for me. So how I, many years have you been doing the profit first system? About two and a half. Two and a half years? Yes. So how has it changed the way 
you do business and how has it changed your financial situation? So my background is in bookkeeping. Um, and so back when I first implemented it, I was offering bookkeeping services. And without changing pricing, my processes, anything, just implementing profit first, I was increasing how much I was paying myself. That was my question was, well, okay, I'm, I'm making profit with like, how much should I pay myself? And that's what led me to read the book profit first. After three months of implementing that, paying myself more, I had money saved for taxes that I never thought I really needed to do. I just thought, hey, it's going to become a bill and I'll pay for that. Um, having a deeper awareness of my expenses, which I thought I already had that, and it just took it to a whole nother level. Mm. And then, of course, I was now driving profit intentionally. So when I now, I've, of course, re- kind of reversed roles that I now focus on the coaching piece instead of the bookkeeping, that... I can now factor that into my pricing. I make sure that my profit is part of the price I come up with for my services. So there's a lot more advanced strategies I've implemented as well that's helped that grow drastically and increase that profit amount. So it's no longer that 1%. It's grown. At, you know, Taxes, I don't even have to think about. And it's just a lot more of focusing on helping my clients and growing the business versus, oh, am I, how can, can I pay the bills or things like that? So it's that system. A lot of it is automated. I just, you know, my system is every week because I want to do it that often. Um, I just do every week, every Monday, and I make those allocations. And that is what it is. The nice thing, too, is on the income account, if you have goals and you need to have $10,000 to be able to cover your expenses for that month or week or whatever, if you're only at $8,000, and you're like, ooh, I'm supposed to be making these allocations next Monday. It's Tuesday. Okay, that's great. I got a good portion of it done, but I still have a ways. I still have two thousand dollars. So what can I do to make two thousand more dollars to make sure I have that ten thousand by the time I need to make allocations? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that I've learned along the way. On a big part of it, being a profit first professional, because I have the resources and the community to help with that and a mentor. But it's just helped me grow even more. And of course, being able to offer that knowledge to help my clients further become permanently profitable. So what's the story and what made you decide to become a profit first coach? So I did bookkeeping for a long time and I did make the mistake of working too much in my business instead of on it. I was Mm -hmm. the bookkeeper and I was working late at night and just never had the time. When I finally hit my max, I was like, wait, I I don't have time to outsource it or hire someone or anything. I didn't know what I was doing. And when I was a profit first professional bookkeeper, I really loved coaching. I have a passion for helping people with their finances. And at the end of 2019, I realized that's my passion. What am I doing? So I took a couple months, put a plan together, and I, going back, I could have done things differently. I wish I knew you then because it totally would have been different. I would have been, okay, you're helping my clients and we'll, we'll work that out. But I, I actually kind of shut down the bookkeeping side of my business to where I helped them all get transitioned to wherever they were going and just focused on the coaching side because that's where my passion is. And I have that knowledge and experience as a bookkeeper to be able to help them even further because I do understand the financial statements. I do understand if I look at their books, maybe some errors or things or, you know, et cetera, but it's, that's helped me even further help my clients 
And I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. You can't see, but I'm getting goosebumps right now just because I love really helping people with their finances. So I did an episode recently where um, I talked to small business owners about what to do if they can't afford a bookkeeper. Like, what are some just practical tips they can do? And one of the big things that I know you will relate to, because you preach this too, is keeping your personal and business finances completely separate. Absolutely. Um, So I had just a few tips in there. If you can't afford a bookkeeper yet, here are some things you can do to really help your situation out considerably. Is there some things on the coaching profit first side for somebody that's not quite in the position to be able to afford a coach yet? Mm -hmm. Just some practical things they could start doing now that could help get them going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like you mentioned, if you are commingling your bank accounts, Yes, step one, please, separate them. Please, please. <laughs> and, and not just for the bookkeeper, for your tax professional. For yes. you, if this is a business and not a hobby, you want to know how, you want to understand your numbers. You want to know how you're doing in business. So there's many reasons why you want them separate. But when you, once you have them separate, then do what I said earlier and put, open up that second bank account. And here's a good thing. You can do this in your personal finances too and start as a savings and using that for whatever your savings goals are, your investing, et cetera. That's, of course, a whole nother conversation. But in business, if you open up that second account and you're like, okay, this is cool, I can get it, then open up another one. Or if you're like me and wanted to go all, you know, all in, go to (laughs) your bank and open up five, your five, well, you probably already have one. So open up four more bank accounts. Now, usually the one you already have, you probably have auto pays attached to, et cetera. So sometimes it's easier to just keep that as your operating expense account. So open up the other four, your income, profit, tax, and um, income, profit, tax, and owner's pay. How could I forget that? So, and just start implementing. Read the book. The book gives you a lot of information um, that will help you kind of get things started. And then if you can get into that, that'll honestly help you a long way, a long way. The other thing is I offer right now, I'm offering monthly free trainings on Profit First. So if you really? have questions or if you are hesitant about, okay, what bank do I go to? Because a lot of times banks will have fees. And well, whatnot. I was going to say, we you have to find a bank that doesn't mm-hmm. charge you a fortune to open multiple bank accounts. Right. Have you found that to be difficult? No, because I have the resources to have. I have a list of banks in all areas of the world, honestly, that are profit first friendly banks that don't charge fees. And a lot of times it might be they're not charging a fee because in your profit account, for example, you're not going to have more than 50 transactions in a month that qualifies for that free checking account. So sometimes it's like that. And sometimes it's just free checking. And then that second step, once you can get that in, is go to a secondary bank to hold, have your profit hold account and your tax hold account. And honestly, that's where when you make your allocations, anything that goes into your profit and tax, you go there because it's out of sight, out of mind. You remove that temptation. You're not thinking about it Mm -hmm. so that every quarter when you go to make your profit distributions and make your quarterly tax payments, now you go there and and make that happen. But that gets, again, we're starting to get more into the advanced strategies, but that's all in the book, to be honest. So get the book, read the book. It's on Amazon. It's, there, or, it's all over. Or do as I did and download the, the audio. The audio. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I, when I read the book, I happened to be on a road trip and I, I think I rented it from the library even. And I read the book in two days and I'm not a very fast reader, but I was just so intrigued and excited about this that I started implementing it immediately. Obviously, I had to wait till I got back home from my trip to go to the bank, but that is step, get to the bank and make it happen. 
And if you start doing that, you start building that habit. And I think that'll help you along the way until you are ready to have a coach and have that conversation for more advanced strategies. Well, and I think the book is partly so good because he relates because he's been there. He has been the business owner that is working himself to death and at the end of the day, not paying himself. Yep. And so he relates to being in that position and realizing there's got to be a better way. And so I think a lot of business owners can relate to that. Here I'm working harder than I've ever worked in my life, harder, way harder than I did as an employee, and I have nothing to show for it. There's so many people in that position. So, Absolutely. And that's kind of what spurred him to try to figure out a system that made sense, that wasn't too difficult to understand, and that he could, you know implement and actually make money. So I th I think that's one of the reasons why I really gravitated to the book. I'm like, okay, you get it. You get where yep, I am. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and you mentioned it. As owners of businesses, we wear, especially in the beginning, we wear multiple hats. We have a lot mm -hmm. to do until we reach to that point where it's running on itself without us. You know, we deserve to get paid. And even at that point, you you did all that work. You deserve to get paid and get paid well. So why not start putting these systems in place now that maybe you can't get paid what you'd love to get paid, but you're at least on the path to making that happen and being intentional about it. So when we're making those allocations, your profit account, your tax account, and owner's pay are all to help benefit you as the owner. And the rest is the operating expense. That's that's actually the last thing that should be allocated. After you profit first, pay yourself first, save for taxes because we know Uncle Sam's coming, whether we like it or not. And then what's left over is that operating expense to run the business. And yes, you might be like, well, I can invest in this and it can help grow my business. That's great. But is that really there is a, there is a time for investing. But do you want to go into debt versus making sure that you're always being profitable and paying yourself? We're in business to make money. Mm -hmm. So why not pay yourself consistently and reward yourself? One of the one of my favorite things, honestly, about Profit First is when we have to make our profit distributions on a quarterly basis, because every quarter, whatever we have in that profit hold account, we take it from that quarter, half of it. I put into an emergency fund, a vault, whatever you want to call that. There's, of course, I literally just posted a blog a couple of weeks ago on the eight uses of profit. So go check. You can check that okay, out and nice. see what are the things to use it for. But the other 50% you pay yourself as a profit distribution and use it to celebrate. Whether it's when I first started, I'm going to go get some ice cream because <laughs> I loved ice cream and it was a smaller amount. But as I've grown, it's now going towards vacations for my family. Nice. And it's just those are things. And I know that it's because of what I've done in this business and implementing Profit First that we get to enjoy our personal lifestyle as well. That's good. I like that. So. Now, you mentioned earlier the five different accounts. Yes. Could you... Just summarize the difference between income, profit, and owner's pay. Because yes. that sounded to me when I first heard it like it was all the same thing. Sure. <laughs> so your income account is all income revenue that's coming into your business. If you're getting paid, whether it's from your the sale of your services or products, from affiliates, from cashback rewards on your credit cards, whatever income is coming into your business goes into that account. When you're making your allocations, you're using that amount that's in there to then transfer it into those various bank accounts. So when we transfer it to our profit account, that's how we're driving profit intentionally. 
that then transfers into your profit hold account to be, again, out of sight, out of mind, that we work on those quarterly profit distributions. The tax account is for federal taxes and or the federal income taxes for you as the as the owner. So if you have payroll, for example, and you have, of course, there's expense payroll costs to that, mm-hmm. that is to also kind of help cover that cost because it's a benefit to you as the owner. And then on the owner's account, that's to help cover the cost of paying you, whether you're doing owner's draw or if you are on payroll as an employee to cover your total cost of the payroll, the portion of the payroll. And so all three of those are to benefit you because the profit ends up getting some of it back in your pocket, some of it to stay with the business as backup. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of us went through COVID? And imagine if you had at least three, six, 12 months of an emergency fund or a vault built up that you can at least maybe have some time to figure something out. And and things in life happen, things in business happen, uh, technology changes, et cetera. So it's nice to have that cushion. On top of it, the taxes, we don't want to come around the, at the beginning of the year and have a $30,000 tax bill and now we got to come up with $30,000. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we already had that money saved up? Or even if we only had 25,000, you only have to come up with five instead of the whole 30. And what I also like is, let's say you have 35,000 saved up. Now you have $5,000 that you can pay yourself again or put it back into the business. Do what you want with that. But then it's taken care of. You don't have to worry about that. And owner's pay is to cover anything that benefits you as the owner. So if you have a membership to something, if you have a gym membership, for example, and you're for whatever reason, putting it as a business expense because Naughty, you want no. to be on the stage. And, you know, I guess you there are. If you're a personal trainer, maybe yes. that's legit. Okay. But, but if you're not. <laughs> right, but if it's benefiting you or cell phones, a lot of times, especially in this world, you have a cell phone. And yes, some of that is a business expense. But it's also pers- it's benefiting you as the owner. So that can fall into owner's pay as well. So it's things that benefit you as the owner that sometimes people put as a business expense, whether it's deductible or not, is a whole different question. Talk to your tax professional about that. But it, all of those are to help really focus on paying you as the owner in some form or fashion. Okay. That, that's a good summarize, summar, summarization. But you help people to calculate how much should go into each of these counts, correct? Yes. Okay. So we go into, we assess historically what have you been doing and look at what the guidelines are and put together an action plan on, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to take baby steps. If we go too quick, and I personally did this when I first started, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to start saving 5% in profit. I did that. No, if you have not been doing that, start with 1%. And if everything's going well and, you know, next quarter, we just started the fourth quarter, at least at the time of recording this, then move it to 2%. Don't make those huge jumps because then you're going to, it's going to get messed up. So you want to make those baby steps and we put together that plan in place so that you know what to do. And if needed, I can have some handholding, you know, provide handholding along the way and the accountability to make sure you're getting that done and have, if you have questions on, okay, well, this came up, I can't afford it because I'm now putting money to the profit and owners paying taxes and I don't have enough left over. Well, guess what? We probably need to do an expense analysis because we need to take a deeper look at your expenses to see what, is there something such as a gym membership? Is there something, a <laughs> subscription of some sort that you are not using, but you knew you'd want it someday? Well, if so, okay, either cancel it 
Or, you know what? I really do need that. It's going to help me in my business. Give yourself a date. Tell someone about it to hold you accountable to that. And if you don't get started on that date, you need to cancel it. But there sometimes are things that maybe there's a better system out there that costs a little less. Or maybe you can downsize. Maybe you can pay for a full year. And I mean, business insurance, for example, or or any kind of insurance for that matter is a good one. Subscriptions. A lot of times you pay a year, you save money than if you paid monthly. And while, yes, it's more of an upfront cost, it is less overall to help the bottom line of profit. Right. That makes sense. One thing that he talks about is office space. And a lot of people are going remote now. Mm -hmm. So that's even something to look at is do we really need to have a physical office or could we all work remotely, work from home or maybe downsize? Right. Maybe we don't need as much office space. Payroll is another huge one. Uh Uh-huh. And yes. I know you have you have to you might have to have employees or staff or contractors to run your business and that's fine but take a deeper look maybe there's someone that can help do multiple things in your business that you didn't have to hire another person for or you just needed to hire someone that's a 10 12 dollar an hour versus paying someone that you're paying $25 an hour to do those tasks so there's a lot of different things that you can look at not necessarily that you need to fire people that's up to you, of course, mm-hmm. but taking a look at what those payroll expenses are, the benefits that you're offering, get, you know, if you're offering health insurance, get, see if, you know, if you don't already have an agent you're working with, find one that is working well with you and up to date on everything and just find out what you can do to help save costs in your business. That's good. I like it. Any, any, if, if somebody really needs some guidance on this, you're here to help. Yes. How can they find you? So the best thing would be to go to my website, which is jenniferperez.net. And I am actually offering anyone who is listening to this or watching this, uh, if you go to jenniferperez.net slash Sakline, I will be offering a free profit maximizer session. Nice. So what it really is, is just a quick uh, meeting of going over how I mentioned earlier, that assessment of how you've been doing and what to do to reach those target allocations. It's more of a brief snapshot. So I'm not diving into your books. I'm not looking at your income statements. You're just providing those numbers to me. And we can see kind of, okay, this is what's going on. Here's kind of give you some steps to start putting that into place. And I'm offering that to your listeners for free. That's amazing. I feel so special now. (laughs) (laughs) Give that that website again. JenniferPerez.net slash Sakline. And Sakline is S-A-K-L-I-N-E. Okay. And then do you have an email address? People can email you. Jennifer at jenniferperez.net. Nice. That's easy. (laughs) Um, That's honestly the best way to reach out to me directly. And um, I mentioned earlier that I'm offering free training. So if you want to get on my newsletter, just send me an email. I always have upcoming events and whatnot posted in there as well. Um, I have a blog that you can check out on my site. There's a lot of free resources on there as well, including the Profit First Friendly Banks. I was going to say, you are definitely passionate about educating and guiding. And um, I've seen you in action. So I can speak firsthand about how much you really do believe in what you do. You really want to help. And I love that. So I will definitely speak for Jennifer, call her if you need help with this, because she's here to help. And I'm sure you work with people too, if you know, they just need a few you know, maybe they're not there where they can afford a full blown coach, but I'm sure you can kind of set them on the path until they're until they are at that point. Absolutely. 
So I've seen you do that too. So I know you're really genuinely there to help. And I'm so glad that we know each other now and um, just just glad to have you in my network. Yes, absolutely. And like I said at the beginning, I'm so excited I have a bookkeeper that I know <laughs> when I in my bookkeeping days people came to me and they've had they gone through five bookkeepers and they there was whatever the problem was the lack of communication the lack of knowledge in some things in their industry maybe and so it just felt good to help them back. And so it's so awesome that I'm like, yay, I no longer offer that service. I found someone that can. (laughs) And it's just really great to know that I now have that resource for my clients to help and making sure that their books are done accurately, um, performed on time. That's right. My tagline came from the three pain points I heard potential clients tell me constantly. Business owners were always telling me that I either had a bookkeeper that was dishonest I've heard more stories of bookkeepers that stole from their employer. Um, Accuracy, of course, a huge issue. Probably the most prevalent issue is just a bookkeeper that didn't know or understand accounting principles or how to book things. And then timeliness. And that's been the three, if I could boil down the pain points into three things, it was that. So those are the, those are the things I try to help with is, is tackling those three pain points. So. (laughs) Oh yeah. And she, from the referrals I've sent and the clients that have, have, or are working with you, I always hear good things back. So it's, you guys are doing a great job too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I always know that Jennifer can relate whenever I have some pain point in my business. (laughs) I can I can use the accounting lingo and you yes, get it. Yes. <laughs> you won't believe what I employ booked. <laughs> She's like, are you kidding? <laughs> That's just basic bookkeeping. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great. I'm so glad we finally made this yes, happen. Yes. So um call Jennifer. She's here to help you. Um so I, I can not say enough good things about her. And she's been a great friend, a great colleague, and um, she's really here to help. So, um, and if you need bookkeeping services, we are here to help. Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. You can find us at secline.com, S A K L I N E.com. Phone number is 214-396-5020. And I still don't have the San Antonio number memorized. And you would think I by now would just keep it in front of me. <laughs> it's on our website, though. S-A-K-L-I-N-E dot com. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Have a great week. By the Books is presented by Secline. Honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit Secline.com or email info at decline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.